This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Writing Project. OWP supports teachers from all over Ohio and celebrates the professionalism, expertise, and talent of our state's educators. Ohio Writing Project. Teachers teaching teachers. Welcome to Write Answers, a production of the Ohio Writing Project. My name is Noah Waspy, and we have a really, really good one for you today. And, you know, the idea for this interview actually started with the last episode. After the interview was over and I'm doing the closing comments, I said something like, hey, if you have any interesting ideas about how we can make the work of writing and revision more similar to the real writing process when we're teaching students let me know. Shoot me an email. And our guest interview for this episode did just that. Her name is Abby Rudabaugh, and she is pretty active in the Ohio Writing Project community. She recently got her MAT through OWP and Miami University, and her work was all about doing the real work of revision with students. And I can't wait to tell you all about it, but first, a poem. This poem's called Beginner's Mind by Jared Fontenot. My mind is a time machine. I'm in a time machine in my mind. I hit my head on the open cabinet door. Was that there before? It's full of dishes. I'm in a kitchen, drying dishes and hitting my head on an open cabinet door that wasn't there before and this isn't my kitchen. But it feels like my kitchen. Similar organizational system. I guess it could be my kitchen, but I don't know where I am, or maybe I do, but I don't know when. My mind is a time machine. I'm in a time machine in my mind. That was an interesting poem, wasn't it? And we have an interesting guest for this episode. As I mentioned before, her name is Abby Rudabaugh, and she teaches writing in an online classroom, and the curriculum is really accelerated. So, it's very interesting that she has actually slowed down the work in order to get kids doing more meaningful revision. And you're about to hear all about it right now. Here's my interview with Abby Rudabaugh. things do you do to build connections in an online classroom? That's a great question. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I feel like our um, curriculum is so accelerated. And so I feel like we're just in the writing a lot and we are writing a lot together. Um, we are constantly, when students walk in, there's a prompt to respond to. We are posting in forums, our favorite lines. We are um, responding to every, everybody else's favorite lines. And we do a lot of um, in-class writing and then sharing that, but then also coming back when the finished product is, you know, submitted. And what we do is we call like right at the next class, we do a peer share and students sign up. It's a volunteer, um, you know, moment. So they don't have to, but almost every single student does every single week where they want to share their whole paper. And it is such a celebration and I feel like in those little responses back and forth mm -hmm. 
and how they build for one another um, throughout the year, that all really helps strengthen our community. As I try to reverse engineer what you're doing from from this end, it sounds like um, one, it's the reason that lots of other teachers are jealous of English teachers. We get to know students more because we read their writing. And this is where, like if we, if writing is how you figure out how you really think and feel about things, teachers are getting more of that than other teachers from students. It also sounds like you've built an excitement around writing and the writing process because otherwise students wouldn't be volunteering to share. And maybe you've also created an atmosphere where kids feel safe around each other to share. Is that accurate? I hope so. I mean, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hope so. And I do feel like um, the enthusiasm, if it's not there at the beginning of the year, um, I do feel like it builds and there's kind of this camaraderie of we're all trying, writing is never finished. And I try to write along with them and I show them my bad writing and, you know, and it's, it's all, it's, it is safe. I want it to feel safe. It's, we're trying. And I think that's, um, you know, the most important thing, showing up. Yeah. Our last episode was about our writers group. And um, it sounds like you've created something like an online writers group, like a, just a workshop where writers can write and share and be themselves. It's cool. So. Mm -hmm. You know, like with, if listeners aren't already familiar with the work that Ohio Writing Project does, if they're just listening because they search teacher podcast, uh, they may not know that Ohio Writing Project does a master's program through Miami University. And you recently went through the program and the master's program is really like an independent study kind of research project where you're trying to figure out something about teaching and how to do more meaningful teaching. And uh, your research really jumped out and you talked a lot about revision process and what it was and what it could be and what it is in your versus what it is in your classroom. And I'm kind of curious before we get into everything, like wh where was like that moment of pain that led to the origin story for you as a teacher of revision? Um, that's a great question because there was a moment of pain, right? There's this moment of frustration of like, how do I get past this? And I think for me personally, my students are writing um, a story a week and then I'm giving feedback on each of those stories. And then we start a new story the next week. And what I was noticing was that one, I, don't, I wasn't sure if my feedback was um, being read over. I wasn't sure if, um, students were wanting to even apply it or cared to apply it. And then I just felt like we hit the reset button and then we started the whole process again the next week. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't sure if I was, we were really going through the whole process. I feel like we are missing a big part of the middle of the writing process where mm -hmm. we're brainstorming, we're talking about a new story, new story ideas, elements, and um, we, you know, ways to formulate that story, brainstorming, outlining, we are ready to kind of start our rough draft and then class would end. And then the next week students would have their finished papers that I had responded. And I just felt like, wait a minute, I keep saying the same things on their feedback again and again and again, this doesn't feel helpful. Um, and also, you know, 
where are where where is the incentive for them to go back and even apply these if mm-hmm. you know they have a new assignment they don't really have that space and time to really think about making any kind of change to their paper because they have a new thing to think about they have a new story to learn and really try to figure out how to artistically retell it um so i just felt like whoa this is going way too fast <laughs> And um, <laughs> so it's an accelerated program. It's supposed to be like two years into one. So I was like, how do I slow down an accelerated program to really focus on revision? You know, something that feels organic to the writer's life. Um, and as I started researching, I just, you know, found so much support. Like there's this quote, um, revision is the core of writing. And I just felt so convicted that I was like not giving that opportunity to my students to truly revise. And students had a working knowledge of like, I would always ask them in their homework, hey, before your final draft, you submit it, make sure you revise, maybe think of these three questions. And so when I would ask students like, hey, what is revision? When I ask that, what what does that mean to you? They're like, you know, make it better. Just um fix it a little bit but so they had a working knowledge it meant to change it but after that there was no language um there weren't techniques that they were saying oh Mm -hmm. i need to actually you know enrich my detail on the setting of this part of my story and they weren't using any kind of terminology um and which really showed me kind of this opportunity to oh i need to slow down and i actually need to give them language to um and then honestly with that language with those tools time to just like do reps and practice again and again and again so i tried um i actually ended up cutting in terms of my curriculum in half like of of the amount of stories we were going to get through Mm -hmm. but and i after I would still have students submit a paper a week, but that second week we would go back to that story and we would create um, another kind of writing based on whatever the tool is that we were Mm -hmm. really practicing that time. And so I kind of opened up the door to this whole second revision week, which to be honest, Noah was, I knew it needed to happen, but it was terrifying for me as a teacher. Cause I was like, like, what do I do? How do I? And um, just truly trying to dig in and and trust that trust the process, trust that the kids truly just needed time to mm-hmm. practice this more. And it was it was great. It was so awesome. I imagine that as a teacher who hadn't done this kind of work before, because I know this happens for me anytime I'm trying something new. Um, the teacher also needs reps. We're <laughs> 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 doing. So how did, so what are some of the things that you tried along the way as you're trying to, as you're figuring out how this kind of teaching could work? Well, I ordered every single revision book, (laughs) how to teach revision. Um, And I, I, so I had a lot of great sources. And I think what also really helped me is with our curriculum. Um, We have, you know, these four different categories that students already are needing to practice. And so I use that to organize um, my writing approach. So they're kind of their first draft. So I teach at a classical school. So these are classical terms like amplification, adding in, um, enriched detail. And so that first draft, I just made that always that first week 
of writing of, okay, we're going to write this assignment. I want you to enrich, I want, well, first we would brainstorm through all of the ideas, but then we really would land in a place of where can we enrich it? What do you want to really pause on and add detail? And sometimes I would, well, at the beginning, I would, I would pick those specific places in the story that I wanted them to um, camp out on. But then from there, they got to start picking where they wanted to add the description. And then we got into these really organic conversations of, okay, well, what's the balance? You know, what do our favorite authors do? Do they start with a, a descriptive scene or do they jump right into the action? How do they balance? Is it a sentence? Is it a paragraph? And we started really talking about, well, we still have to tell a story, um, but how do we make it exciting and how do we not make it distracting with our detail? And we spent every single first draft having those conversations and doing a ton of quick writes and kind of getting into these wonderful um, conversations of, okay, if there's a tree in your story, let's just focus on that tree and don't tell me what it looks like. Tell me what it sounds like or tell me what it feels like. Um, how could you articulate, you know, the, um, using a simile, how could you articulate kind of the branches of the tree in that season? And, and we would just kind of push ourselves or we'd use pictures to mm -hmm. come up with better descriptions. And, and even in those really simple, specific moments, I mean, I feel like students just really could um, organize that. That was like their first tool. And mm -hmm. so descriptive language and learning how and where to literally put it in their story and then they started getting more and more, um, you know, ownership over, oh, I could actually move it here. And I think this would work better toward the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And then after that first draft, um, they would submit their, their first draft of that. And then their second week, I would start a rotation. And so for the first quarter, I focused on reduction. And that was kind of this umbrella term, again, provided in my curriculum already. But then I tried to figure out, okay, what are the like common um, pitfalls when it comes to reduction week? And what I was noticing, you know, the general- what is, Can you explain what re reduction is for people who don't know what that is? Sorry, yes. Reduction, okay. So just like, like crossing out any unnecessary words. So all of that beautiful work we just did, trying to make it as clear as possible by um, condensing our language. So the first round was adding and the second round was subtracting. Yep, exactly. And so then um, we really, I would always tell students, I'm like, you have, you ever have those moments where you have like 30 seconds, but you can't, you have to tell this story. You're like, Hey guys, hold on. I have 30 seconds. Can I just, can you tell me, can you listen to the story really quick? That was that kind of art that we were trying to figure out how to do well. And so we really leaned into um, sentence structures. We relied a lot on Debbie Dean's um, sentence combinations and uh, we practiced those. We talked about, you know, how to um, create a stronger syntax because what they were realizing is once they reduced words um, and tried to try to reduce their word count, even in half, mm -hmm. everything would become simple sentences and they didn't like the sound of that. And so we would be like, well, how do we work around that? And so we, we just have these natural conversations about 
grammar and technique. And then that would turn into active and passive voice. So all of a sudden I was realizing, even though I was so scared for the second week of space, we were having these like organic conversations um, that honestly felt like I was teaching writing. Like I was actually teaching the craft of writing in. And um, yeah, what I love about the work, is it okay if I jump in there? I didn't mean to absolutely, step. No. What I love about the work that you're doing with students with the addition, the amplification and reduction is, you know, when I was taught revision, it seems like it was always teaching me how to fix things, or maybe you should rearrange things, or maybe you should make a more interesting lead, or maybe you should make a stronger closing. And those are all things that are helpful to writers. Mm -hmm. But the more I write outside of a school setting, the more I realize when I'm really doing revision, I'm just looking at my paper, my story through different lenses. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, I'm going to look at it through the where, where might things be confusing lens? Where do I need to add something lens? And then as you point out, where do I need to subtract or reduce things because it's too wordy and clunky? Because, you know, re the reduction phase can help us make our sentences more punchy because we're deleting words that are getting in the way, right? Absolutely. So can you talk about some of the other lenses that you had students look at their papers through as well? Because I think I remember there was more than addition, yeah. amplification and reduction, right? Right. And so the other two that, um, you know, we kind of got to teach through in my curriculum was after like a, a quarter of working on reduction as their second draft, we would move on to there's inversion. So kind of the inversion lens where, so I teach um, short story. And so inversion is resequencing that story. And so what happens when we're dropped into the middle of the story? What is kind of the craft that's happening to make readers feel like that middle of the story is actually the beginning. And then we have, we're introduced to a flashback later on. So um, finding many lessons there to kind of support that lens of, hey, could I reorganize? Could I restructure this story? And um, does that actually make it better? And so that was my third lens. We would spend a whole quarter practicing that. And then um, the fourth lens would be perspective change. And that um, I thought would be a really natural and easy concept to get. And we needed a whole quarter to practice what it meant to go from third person to first person point of view and really developing those characters and stepping in their shoes and having them become the storytellers. Um, I was surprised that that was, that was more of a complex um, lens than I was imagining at first. It's, it's a common thing in the, the world of language arts to have this realization that learning isn't as linear as it as it seems like it should be. Like in, in math, once you learn the multiplication tables, it's just a matter of getting faster and using them in different, in new situations, right? But with writing, a writer spends their whole life trying to get better at all of the things. Right. It's not, it's not like, a, all right, I've mastered sentences now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it totally. And I think that is, you know, that is the, the thing to keep telling students. Writing is never finished. 
It's just due, right? It's just due, exactly. <laughs> so the, the, other, the piece I wanted to like really dive into next was you look at the work through these different lenses with students, but at first you're using mentor texts to show students what like the final product might look like after you've gone through this revision phase. And then it seems like you do some guided practice where you're giving some feedback, students are sharing with each other and getting feedback from each other by seeing how other students are trying out the work. Mm-hmm. Is that right so far? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you do this guided practice and then what happens next with the instruction? After they've learned that like new- um, Yeah, you've, you've gone through all four of the different, I'm calling them lenses, all yeah. four of the stages or Mm -hmm. types of revision. So then what did you have students do next? So that brought us to fourth quarter and um, fourth quarter became this opportunity where students have learned all of these tools and now they've seen the effectiveness of how to use them in different areas. And so I started really letting students um, make that second draft week, that revision week, um, whatever they felt like was most fitting for that story and what they wanted to do, what they wanted to try. So I let them choose. I let them choose how they were going to retell that story and how, um, you know, what devices they were going to use. But then they would articulate that in a reflection letter to me. And so they would write their draft. We would walk through those ideas again, you know, guided more mini lessons in class. And then they would submit their second draft, but then just tell me what was their, you know, why did they pick what they did? And just the amount of thinking, um, I mean, it was just beautiful of how they thought about their writing, the decisions that they wanted to make. A lot of them chose tools um, that we had talked about like in week two of sentence structures, where I really wanted like a strong, simple sentence that had a huge effect. So they just wanted to use one simple sentence in a really strong way. And it was just these amazing, brilliant applications that they came up with and they saw the fruit of because they had time to practice it. So I think my point is just, you know, with your question of, I mean, it took us so long to even get there because Mm -hmm. we took so many reps of each, like at least five different reps of each technique um, before we really put it all together. And I really feel like um, that was fruitful. That's the important piece, right? With with a lot of things that we try that don't that seem like they're going to be a good idea, but they don't end up working, is there's not enough guidance from a teacher. There's not enough feedback or support or practice before they have to perform the final thing. It seems like a lot of times what should be in the practice zone ends up being in the performance zone, and then we wonder why it didn't work. And It seems like you were really methodical with how you help students learn the different ways that we can look at revision and practiced it a lot before having them perform. So, and no wonder it was so successful, right? Well, and, and I, and your question is really interesting too, because I feel like the performance, I honestly feel like something happened where the stakes were so lowered that even what I called master weeks, like toward the end of the year, I'm like, this is where it's going to be your best draft yet. Students would write in their reflections. I just really wanted to see what would happen if I did this. Like all of a sudden they're still playing with their language. And I'm like, this is like 
the final exam. And I just, I don't know, like I, that's still like a big question mark and something I want to lean into more of. They're still playing with their writing, even when it's supposed to be like the final, final, final draft. <laughs> I think that shows me that they really care a lot because a lot of writers are trying to take risks and say like, what if I try this strategy this way? Or what if I do it this way that I haven't done before? That shows that they're really being writers to me. Yeah. I, I think it's actually, I think it's cool <laughs> that students are playing and trying and taking risks, even though it's an evaluative thing situation. Totally. And they are like not even concerned about the grade. Um, it, it's It was amazing. That's what every teacher wants, right? Totally. Yep. So if a teacher is overwhelmed and they want to do this kind of work, what would be like an easy starting point? That, um, to be honest, I feel like, you know, just giving your, an easy starting point is to find the space um, and have courage that that space will be well used. And I think that's the hardest part as teachers is that we have a lot of um, expectations and demands and a lot to accomplish in a little bit amount of time. But I do feel like figuring out what to cut honestly makes it more, it makes the actual writing assignment more rigorous um, because they're all of a sudden doing way more work for a piece than they would have originally done. And so I feel like I just kept leaning on that of maybe, you know, the amount of essays that they're, they're doing at the end of the year um, doesn't quantify the same way, but the, the depth of thinking in that space that they had that extra week really was important. So I would say making space. And then honestly, um, so I was reading Mary Oliver's poetry handbook uh, last week. And at the end, she kind of like summarized all of this. And I was like, I would have like loved to have read this two years ago because it really like boiled down two years of research into one sentence. And I was like, of course. <laughs> um, but she was talking about how at the end in her workshop, um, portion of the book, how without language, she says, without this language or finding language to talk about writing, um, you know, working on writing is really slow and that we can take years um, off of the writing process if we develop language and we give techniques. And so she, there's this line on page 114, it says, but the understanding of technique, which is the door to choice, this will send the student along the right path towards singularity, authority, and power. So the understanding of technique, which is the door to choice, and that sets them up to be the writers we want them to be. And so I feel like really leaning into that language and that technique is what that taught me of students need to know what actual tools they're picking up. was such a fun conversation. In case you can't tell, I'm a writing nerd and I love thinking about ways that we can make real writing happen in our classrooms. So if you also have an idea that connects what we do as writers with what we do as teachers, 
shoot me a message. My email is in the show notes, as well as ways that you can contact and get in touch and connect with the Ohio Writing Project. Check it out. And of course, thank you for tuning in to Write Answers. (laughs) 